we need to stop working in the physical analog world, which is where our buyers are not, and move over to digital. And why do we do that? We know that by doing that and doing social selling, what we're going to do is that we're going to get more revenue and we're going to get more pipeline. And what we need to be doing is switching our skills from traditional analog physical skills over to having digital skills. Welcome to Revenue Insights. Every week, we'll be joined by revenue leaders from some of the most successful and highest growing companies. Together, we explore how they built their revenue teams, the journeys that they've been on, and the lessons they have learned along the way. Revenue Insights is brought to you by Ebster. We're a revenue intelligence platform designed to help revenue teams to build more pipeline, close more deals, and retain more customers. Hello there. You are listening to Revenue Insights. Today, I'm joined by Tim Hughes. He's the author of the book, Social Selling. He's also the CEO and co-founder of DLA Ignite. Tim, it's a pleasure to chat to you today. Lee, thank you so much for inviting me on. And I was recommended to come on as well. So that's, I'm really honored. Yeah, I feel like kind of the topic of our conversation is definitely going to be along the lines of social selling. You know, proof in the pudding that it's kind of working for you, right? Thing that uh, you even got the recommendation. Absolutely. I was on a call with the CEO the other day. It was a he... And he said, I don't believe this social selling works. And I said, so how do you think I got this call? <laughs> and he went, oh, yeah. Nice. Well, for anyone that's listening that hasn't heard of you, Tim, or, or perhaps hasn't read one of your books, could you give them a kind of whistle-stop tour, whistle tour of your story and what brings you to where you are now? Yeah, so I'm a salesperson. I've been in corporate sales for 25 years, B2B, enterprise, my background is um, I work for Oracle twice in their partner community. So I'm used to big deals. And for me, everything is all about pipeline and revenue. I set up this company with my business partner, Adam Gray, uh, six years ago. We'd recognized that there was this social media thing and that what people were doing was that they were just playing with it. And what they actually needed to do it was to use it strategically for, for commercial gain. So rather than just saying, we're just going to put some flowers on our LinkedIn profile and, and isn't that wonderful? This is a, how can we use social media to get pipeline and to get revenue? My first book, which was Social Selling Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers came out in 2016. It was the first book on social selling and it's a, been a runaway bestseller. Another book came out in 2018 called Smarketing, called How to Achieve Competitive Advantage Through Blended Sales and Marketing. If I wrote it today, I'd probably call it RevOps because it's actually about how to run blended sales and marketing teams, which is, and it would have more of a, a RevOps spin. And my latest book, third book, which is actually the second edition of Social Selling Techniques for Influence Buyers and Changemakers. So the second edition came out on the 29th of November. Um, and it's hot off the press. If you touch it, the ink's still dry. <laughs> I love that. The first thing that I really want to dive into, and I'm going to make an assumption of our audience here that they've probably got some idea of what social selling is. So given, you know, the circumstance of 2023, you know, we've got economic downturns going on, it's becoming harder to sell, no one's got any budget to use, you know, and uh, appreciate that's a very sweeping assumption. But from your perspective going into 2023, you know, to, to sales leaders that are listening, that have teams that are going, okay, how can I generate more pipeline? How can I have more conversations? What role does social selling have in the sales process for the next 12 months? 
Okay. So first and foremost, what it, I'm going to say, what isn't social selling, which is spamming people on social media. That's not, people think that because, because interrupt marketing or interrupt selling is, has been what we've done for the last 30 years. You know, what you do is you call, call somebody, you interrupt them and you pitch. You send someone an email, you interrupt them in the pitch. You, you place an advert, which is basically where you interrupt my time and then you pitch. And what happens is that people think we bring that to social media and that's what we do. And unfortunately, it's not. Social media is social media, which is being social on media. And therefore, the, the difference that people have is that you, we have to go about this very, very differently. And uh, we have a definition of what social selling is, which is it's using using your presence and behavior on social media to build influence, make connections, grow relationships and trust, which lead to conversation and commercial interaction. Now, to answer your question, what do we need in 2023? Well, what we've needed in every single year ever since we started in business, which is we need more pipeline and we need more revenue. And how do we get that? Well, the traditional ways of ringing people up and saying, hey, Lee, um, I've got a great whatever it is, um, but um, buy my thing uh, are over. Um, and we know that, you know, Salesforce show that, you know, cold calling has like a 99% failure rate. Um, HubSpot, who make email marketing systems, actually say that email marketing has a 98% failure rate. Um, and I think Facebook advertising has something like a 99% failure rate. So anybody who goes to the board and say, our latest strategy has got like a 99 or 98% failure rate is, is on the highway to nothing. We know that our, our buyers have migrated to, to digital. McKinsey, Salesforce, HubSpot, Gartner have all said that they've, they've all migrated to, to, to uh, digital. So we know that our, our buyers are there. Therefore, we need to fish where the fish are. So we need to stop working in the, in the physical analog world, which is where our buyers are not, and move over to, to, to digital. And why do we do that? We know that by doing that and doing social selling, what we're going to do is that we're going to get more revenue and we're going to get more pipeline. And what we need to be doing is switching our skills from traditional analog physical skills over to having digital skills. So not digital apps, because you can take a license of sales navigator and, and be the world's best spammer, but you won't necessarily get any business from it. You need to understand social to get the most from um, um, Sales Navigator. So it's it's not about the tools. It's about your ability you, to process and understand how it is to be digital and work. And that is all about, you know, at DLA Ignite, we're all about pipeline and revenue and getting that for 2023. I'm really interested to know because for many of the people listening, and you kind of touched on there for for some salespeople, the, the idea of well, you know, just 50 messages a day, 50 new like connection requests, and oh, where well, you get back, oh, you know, you know, not, not much yet. For those that are doing well, how do you start to prove the the value in it? Um, and and I'm curious because with tools like sales enablement tools or conversational intelligence, you can start to analyze right the performance of your calls, the the performance of your emails. That's not quite something that LinkedIn, for example, is enabling us to do at the minute. So with perhaps with businesses that you've worked with, how do you actually prove the value of, of the social selling? Well, it's easy. We measure it. And, um, you know, one of our clients just recently has got a 10,001, um, ROI. You know, there were four, three, four hundred million turnover. A, dollar business and they've just got a uh, half a billion dollar lead in their pipeline through social. Um, 
And, and, you know, so, so we always measure the success of our projects through, uh, the amount of revenue that's generated. Um, and we would expect organizations to grow by 30% and reduce their sales cycle by something like 20%. Um, and that's very different from, cause, cause what often, you know, I've spoke to someone who's, who's spamming their way through, uh, LinkedIn. And, and I said, what response rate do you get? And he said, well, cold calling, we used to get 98%. But by spamming my way through LinkedIn, I'm getting 96% failure rate, that is. And he's, and so he saw that as basically a win. Um, obviously, there's only so far that you can go with spamming through your, your network before everybody just tells you to go away and, or, you know, places a bomb under your car or something, you know, because, it, it, you know, you just, you'll just lose all your friends. Um, but he saw that as a, he saw that as a win where we can't, we're amazed how, um, how little people seem to be accepting because the res- results that people have been getting c- from cold calling and email marketing have been getting less and less and less and less and less. They actually see that sort of response as good. And we're just amazed how people are accepting that. Whereas you can go to social, you know, Cyberhawk, one of our clients, you know, they said to us to, to get this to work, we, we need to be getting five SQLs a week. When we got 15, we stopped counting. You know, there is, um, um, Namos, who's another, the CEO has basically written in my, in my book. You know, um, he's got a $2.6 million deal and then another half a million out of them. You know, there are people that are getting serious business, um, and serious amounts of money generated because, you know, this is, this is not where we're, we're, we're making one extra call or something like that and we're accepting it. This is where we're saying, no, what we want is 10 or 100x times results and we're going to use a different method and this is how we're going to get it. And, and they're getting it by using digital. Are there, um, to me, something like, uh, you know, pipeline generate, the, the deals being generated is very much a, kind of a, a lagging indicator. So what would be the leading indicators? You know, the, the KPIs that perhaps, you know, you're tracking or you're advising clients to track, you know, is it, you know, uh, response rates to messages that you're sending, you know, response rates to connection requests? What is it that you're, what I'm trying to get at is, are there any kind of message signals that you see in what you consider to be good social selling that suggests, yes, this is going in the right direction, the pipeline's going to come? So for the first, probably the first three months of a, of a, um, social selling program, we would use SSI, the uh, measurement within LinkedIn. So the social selling index as a catch all, um, uh, um, uh, measurement. It's a, it's a, um, it's not a, an exact science because it's a black box. You don't know what LinkedIn are basically tracking, but it's a kind of a, most people you go, well, what, what is it? And they'll say 55. And if you can get them to like 70 or something like that, they're kind of doing the right things. And then we move on to the, um, uh, to the, to, to, to more things that we can track. And, and one of the things that we, we, uh, uh, find is that, you know, we're tracking things like, um, the messages, how many um, uh, messages you're sending, uh, or how many contacts you're making, how many messages that you're sending, um, how many of those are transfer, trans, um, uh, transferring into conversations, whether that's a demo or whatever proposal or whatever that is. Um, also, the amount of content that you're putting out, the interactions that you're getting on that content, how much of that is 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 um, transferring into to conversations now. The, the, the thing, the, the second mistake that people seem to make often with social selling is that they say, um, yeah, we, we, um, uh, we don't use, we can't use social selling because what we sell requires us to talk to people. Uh, well, yes, 
exactly. So, so social selling is a mechanism to get conversations. Um, just like I'm having a conversation with you now, you know, um, I know Ian, um, Ian Moyes, he recommended me and, and they got me this gig. Um, so what we're doing is that what you sell, what I sell requires us to have conversations. So what we're doing is that we're using, um, as I said earlier on, our, our presence on social media to get those conversations. So content, for example, um, content will um, allow you to get conversations. If you're posting content and you're not getting any engagement, you have a number of things wrong which you need to adjust. One of those things that you need to adjust is you've got the wrong content. Um, so, for example, we do a, um, a presentation to new clients. It's a free presentation. Um, it's um, about an introduction to social media and how you can use it strategically within the business. And we use a particular post that one of my um, colleagues put out, Eric Doyle. Um, it's a picture of him and his son on the beach. And off the back of that, he, he got six C-level meetings. Um, uh, to, he put out two proposals and he got one purchase order. And it took him 10 minutes to do. Now, there's not one... Um, uh, business development method that allows you to get six C-level meetings and one purchase order by doing 10 minutes of work. That's the expectation that we would have in terms of the results that you would be getting. But it, there's a number of levers that you need to be pulling to making sure that you do that. So it's it's unlikely that we, 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 we talk to a lot of internal teams who are basically trying to do stuff with social selling and it doesn't work. And it's because they don't understand the, the levers that they need to pull. You know, we've built a methodology which is backed by the Institute of Sales Professionals. Um, it's the only one in the world. Um, and, um, um, and it's, it's a very, very clear, you do this, you do this, you do this. You know, methodology just like, you know, any other sales methodology. I'm really curious to know, and this is very front of mind because I know, I know within EBSA, social selling is something that we're trying to push more as, as, as a business. You mentioned there about content and we were touching on beforehand you know what content actually leads to conversations something that i'm certainly seeing at the minute you know particularly in january everyone's turning over a new leaf Salespeople need need pipeline i'm seeing a lot of posts that about posting here's what i've learned from posting on social um and what i'm interested to know from your perspective is what is the content mix that you should be posting, right? It, it pains me if someone, if, if one of my reps goes, hey, look what, look what marketing has just produced. Can, can everyone download this, please? Right? It's, it's so much more than that. So how would you recommend, particularly to sales leaders that perhaps after this, they're looking at their teams or they've got teams that start to do social selling, what should the content mix look like that, that people are posting? So the, the, um, I see those posts on LinkedIn, and it just amazes me how much people are wasting time when, when there's a proven method out there that they can, all they need to do is ring me up and, and I can show them how they can get a response from posting. But they, they spend three months and then they go, Oh yeah, well, it didn't really work. So I'll go back to doing what I said before. And that didn't work either. Yeah. Um, so God, so, what's the, so what's the, the method? Thing, <laughs> so the, the, the three things that you need to know, right? So, so each salesperson needs to do these three things. First and foremost, you need to have a biocentric profile. So this is a profile, not about you, because salespeople always make the mistake that they think it's all about them. It's not, it's about your buyer. So your buyer, it's your buyer that is on social media. Your buyer is searching. So this is what happened at Namos Consulting. The buyer is searching on, on um, social media. They're looking for, um, uh, to solve a problem. You know, now, if you, the thing about the problem with search on Google is that if the, the, it doesn't normally give you the right answer, if you go and ask, it's what's the capital of Nigeria? It will do. 
But and after this, if anyone goes, go on to Google and ask it, what is the number one CRM in the world? And what you'll get is 10,000 CRM vendors buying that search. And it will just end, it will just com- completely confuse you. So what happens is that the, the buyer is confused. They're looking for answers. They will use Google, but um, they'll also, what they want to do is that they'll come on social and their search. Search on social is different because it's about discovery because you'll find different things on social. So what happened is that um, the buyer comes on, uh, Namos, the buyer came on, they saw a, a, a salesperson and said, you look interesting, I think you can solve my solution. And what happened was that they walked towards the salesperson. Now, this is transformational. Now, 99.9% of salespeople on social media look like salespeople. And the moment I see a salesperson on LinkedIn, I go, I don't like you. I don't trust you. I don't believe a word you say. Don't come near me because I'm going to do a search and I'm going to find what I want to buy, which is not going to include you. Because last time I included a salesperson, they just try to stitch me up. So what we do is that you need to have a buyer-centric profile where someone goes, you look interesting. I think you can help me. The person walked towards the person at Namos. There was then a discussion that takes place, as, as they have done for forever between salesperson and, and, and buyer. And I say that that turns into, to, into a $2.6 million deal. So your profile is really, really critical. The second thing you need is a wide and as varied network as you can have. The reason for that is search works differently on LinkedIn than it does Google. I don't have time to go into that today, but um, what you need to do is you need to be connected to all the people that you're trying to influence, you could say sell to. Now, quite often what you'll find with salespeople, next time you do a, Q, um, a QBR or you do an account review, ask, and all sales leaders need to be asking these questions when you do a quarterly business review or, or account review, is you need to ask the question is, how many people are you connected to in that account? And if the salesperson says less than 10, throw them out. Because, because you need to be connected to as many people as you can because you don't necessarily know who it is that has the, the diff, has the particular influence. So if you take BMW, BMW is a client of ours. They have 120,000 employees. How many people should I be connected to? Certainly not one, certainly not 10. Um, one of my, one of my colleagues, we're trying to sell to one particular account that has 50,000 employees. He's connected to a thousand people within that company. He's connected to the whole of the C-suite on the UK and the whole of the C-suite in the US. His ability to sell into that account and, and actually, um, for, and to influence that account is massive because what we're trying to do is we're trying to influence. So, so, so you connect the people in the accounts, the people that influence are the KPMGs and the EYs and, and their auditors and all of the different people that, 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 that possibly influence that. So you're influencing those people as well. And the third thing that you need is content. Why do we need content is we know that our buyers are online looking for it. We know that, you know, you said to me just before we came on, I've just been on your LinkedIn profile and I was re- reading this and looking at this and I saw you on this podcast. And da, da, da. Exactly. And this is what our buyers are doing. So one of the things that we have to do is that we have to empower our salespeople to write content, which is authentic, which basically talks about who they are and what they are. Now. Your salespeople, as with all the salespeople, will be experts. You'll be experts in the business issues that your the customers are facing. You know what they are. So get them online. Get them talking about those business issues. This is not about saying, buy my product because it's great, because everybody says that. 
And it's also, there's this, there's this massive, loads of billions have been spent on employee advocacy. It's a waste of money because, um, what happens is that people basically take the marketing brochures that they, they couldn't put out through the other mechanisms and put them on social media. Research shows that nobody comes to social media to read brochures. I go to a website to do that. Um, and, and HubSpot says that the average person spends two to four minutes on the website because you're just checking the organization has got a pulse. I come to social media because I'm looking for insights. I'm looking for something. Tell me something I don't know. Tell, explain to me what the business issues are. Explain to me w- w- what it is that I need in my business. Entertain me even. And that's what people, that's what people are looking for. And, and you can do that by empowering your salespeople. Now, people say, I don't have time to write content. Content is prospecting in a digital world. If you, I block out my time for prospecting, prospecting is also right, writing content. I put out a blog every single day. I'm a CEO. So one of the people that have, have uh, contributed to my um, third book, Chris Fleming, he's the CEO of Cyberhawk. They're a drones company. The drones look at pylons and oil rigs and stuff like that. The whole of the C-suite is on, is on digital. The CEO, the CFO, the CIO, the CRO, the CMO, and the COO, they're all there. They're all digitally visible. And what they're doing is that they're putting out content which is relevant about this is about having digital relevance to their customers. And they've got into, um, uh, they've got into, um, uh, organizations that they never thought that they would get into because, you know, if you think about the oil, um, uh, market, you know, ExxonMobil, uh, Saudi Ramco, uh, BP, Shell. How do you break into those? Well, you don't break into them by spamming them with email and, and cold calling them. You've got to have a strategy. I mean, I know people that have tried to get into Saudi Ramco and they've set up offices in Saudi Arabia to, to, to enable them to do that. Cyberhawk hasn't done that. Um, and their VC said that they're going to IPO for, for far higher, far quicker by, by doing this. Um, I've just put out a blog today about, um, there's some research that shows that, um, CEOs that have, um, uh, personal brands get 20% more investment in their organization by being on LinkedIn and 5% more investment by being on Twitter. So there's empirical evidence to back it up, not just my opinion and, and my customer. But here, here we are. Chris is writing about this in, in, in my book. It's two pages. And he talks about today, we need to have two companies. We have the company that we understand, but we need to have a media company. The modern buyer, the modern job hunter, the modern investor, your future employees, your current employees are all on social media. How do you, how do you influence them? You influence them by putting your culture out. This is, it's a great, I love working for this organization because it allows me to, here's, here's a day, they've given me a wellness day and I'm off and I'm fishing because that's what I really like. And people start going, do you know, I'd really like to work there. Do you know, I'm actually really fed up of this company and that looks like a really great place to live. So this isn't just about sales, which is easy to measure. This is about social strategy across the whole of the business. So we have com- we have uh, clients that have, that have stopped paying for uh, recruitment consultants and job ads, which is a massive spend, especially in times of recession, because they don't need to, because people are queuing up to work for them as an organization. 
Because what they're doing is it's not just the salespeople, but everybody is, is empowered as saying, this is, this is, this is what, this is why I work here. This is, this is something that's really, really great. And that's what people want. And you know, well, as I do, that we're on social, we're looking for those things. You know, we sit there, you know, with our phones and we go, boring, 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 boring. Do you know, that's interesting. What's that? Oh, they've got, they're, they're, they're out doing, um, at a zoo. Oh, that's interesting. Charity days. Yeah. But, you know, whatever it is, is that you're, you're, you're presenting your, uh, you're, you're basically taking all of those good things that you have internally and you're externalizing it. And all of these people are, are out there looking at it. And that is a massive difference to what organizations are doing right now. Um, and usually what happens, Lee, is everyone nods their head as soon as I say this, because you go, yeah, because actually this is the way that the world works now. Yeah. A hundred percent. And, uh, and I found myself like nodding along, just like, yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, and I, what, certainly what I've found in a lot of business that I've spoken to, the biggest challenge, and, and I love the example you, you gave there of the business you work with, with CMO, CIO, a whole C-suite doing it. Um, and I think for a lot of people, it's just like, yeah, so that's the point that I'd love to get to. Except I've got a, you know, perhaps I've got like a chief product officer who, Love social was a passion, right? Just as as an example. So, but 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 Lee, this is, and I totally understand that. But that's also because quite often people are people are scared. Yeah. And what happens? I mean, I have a friend who's just moved companies who was told um, who was told to create content, and he said to me, "I don't know how to create content. What do I create content on?" So he moved jobs. He says, "I found a nice job, and I can sit here and and, and I'm only I'm going to retire in five years, so I can just sit here quietly for five years." And, 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 you know, you know, was it 20, 30 years ago? You, you may not remember this, but I remember getting my first laptop. We used to have a, um, a uh, sales administrator that used to do all the typing. And what happened was that we were given laptops and we said, now, now you need to learn, uh, Word and Excel. And we went, oh, okay, how to do that? Now, 25% of the salespeople actually said, oh, excuse me, I'm a salesperson. I don't do typing. Um, and they left. And they went to work for organizations that don't exist anymore that, 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 um, that uh, required their salespeople not to type. You know, we have to learn skills and continue to learn skills as the world changes. And, and the skill that we need now today is to walk digital corridors and have digital conversations. And that's a critical skill for us as a business. For it, uh, you know, if we're going to avoid layoffs, if we're going to make sure that we've got the pipeline and the revenue, we need those skills. It, I love that analogy. So the question is then, Tim, how, how do you how do you get adoption going? How do you build adoption within a business? Um, you know, is it a case of having one shining light and going, look, look at all the pipeline I'm generating as a result of it, or is it a more does it require a more cohesive kind of strategic approach? So, so you, there needs to be a strategic approach because usually quite what happens is that there's a, um, I remember talking to a CEO of a, of a social media company. Um, and, and, and I said to him, you know, you're, even though you're a social media company, you're crap at social media. And he said, well, um, the people know what to do. They should just go and do it. And I said, well, I'm not sure that's the case. Cause I said, you know, when I worked at Oracle, one day we had said, if you put anything on social media, you'll be fired. The next day, they said, um, you're now allowed to put stuff on social media. And we all went, yeah, but the next day after tomorrow, you're going to say that we're fired again, aren't you? It's a trick, isn't it? And, and, and so you've got a whole bunch of people that, that will 
they will be using social media on a daily basis, probably Facebook, maybe Instagram. Um, and they see Instagram, um, they see LinkedIn as being this, this thing that's happening, but they won't understand it. And everybody will be scared about doing the wrong thing. We've all seen the stories about people, you know, tweeting things and, and that and being fired, whatever. So, so what needs to happen is there has to be a, a structure put through and say, just like we would train people in diversity or inclusion or health and safety, there has to be a, a structure where people understand what the good behaviors are and what the bad behaviors are. So we've got a set of guide, guardrails that we can basically hang on to. There has to be a top-down and a bottom-up approach. The way that we've gone about it at Cyberhawk is that we've we've actually got the C-suite to actually embrace it. In this other company that's got a 10,001 ROI, we've actually got not all the board, but we've got part of the board embracing it. So we've got the strategy director, um, the HR director um, uh, uh, actually embracing it. Because if you give it to the salespeople, the first thing that happens is that they say, because you've given them all these other things to do, they'll say, well, this is just another thing that I've got to do during the day, and I want to go home at 5.30 because I've got football practice or whatever, so I'm just not going to do it. Um, and so um, and my manager's not doing it, so why should I do it? So there has to be leadership. Um, what we do is we pretty much always run pilots. Um, and so we have a, an introductory presentation that we give. Um, and what we normally do is we do an all hands call where we do that presentation and the leadership within the organization says, if anybody is interested in doing this, come to me afterwards and, and, um, um, we'll put you on the, the program because what we want are not necessarily people that are doing social, but people that want to do it. People that want to feel that they're going to be, that they're going to do what they think is extra work. It's not, but, um, and, and, and actually feel that they're actually wanting to move out of their comfort zone and do something different. And they see this as the future. Um, and, and also having the, the, uh, the sales leaders to do it as well. Um, and then what we do is that we put together playbooks. So what happens is that as we go through the, as we've gone through the program, we then have a, um, a three-legged stool in terms of the, the salesperson, the sales leadership and us to basically say, here's a playbook because everybody's different. You know, I sell to government and it's not the same as you because you sell to mid market and you sell to big accounts. And it's, so each of the playbooks are different per salesperson. Um, or person. And what we do is that we, we agree a set of metrics that they're going to work to over the next three or six months that we will measure. Um, and, and that gives you the, the, then we've all got something to, to, um, go back to at, at, in three months or six months and say, have you achieved those things? But always along the process, you need to be measuring, uh, revenue. So you need to have a campaign code or something for your CRM. Um, and, and measuring the, the 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 number of leads they've got and the number of meetings they're getting, so you're actually able to say and go to the board and say we've run this social media program. This is the this is, I mean I don't know what your sales cycle is, but um, um, one of our clients is 152 days, um, and so you can set map out over those 152 days and say this is the revenue we got and this is where all the different um, uh, pipeline is in the sales stages that we've basically built with, with social media over that, um, over the last six months or whatever. And then people can get a visibility of what they're getting and the return that you're getting, um, from, um, the investment in, in training the people. 
The one thing that kind of popped into my head there, and this is a really simple question, whose responsibility is it to to lead that strategy? Does it sit with someone like myself, like in, in marketing? Is it the sales leader's responsibility or... What do you think? I'd actually say it was a CEO's um, uh, responsibility. You know, th- this is about your future. You know, we're in the fourth industrial revolution, and that's about going to digital. And therefore, I mean, I would be really concerned. Um, I've written about it before that employees should be concerned if their CEO is saying we don't have a digital strategy. And I don't mean a digital strategy like implementing a new ERP system or something. That's not digital. That's a new ERP system. It's a, a digital strategy for empowering the people with digital and you and, and working out new digital processes. So the processes as in ha, um, the fact that we don't need to pay for um, recruitment consultants anymore because we've empowered our people to be digital. So it's, it's about, it, it needs to come from the board and the board needs to be saying, we're going to be a modern, um, uh, digital business. We know that there's, uh, changes that have taken place out there in, in the world. Um, and what we need to do is, um, we need to completely rebuild the sales and marketing process because we can't be using 1980s sales and marketing processes and try and expect to get um, pipeline and win deals in 2023. It defies logic. You know, we're still doing what I started doing when I moved into sales in 1985. I mean, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've got mobile phones. As I mean, we didn't, we didn't, you know, we didn't have even email. We didn't have email when I first started in sales. Like I said, I wrote letters. Uh, and, and we're still doing what we did in sales and marketing. Like we, okay, we've moved on to email role, but email is 1990 technology. I mean, it, it came in with faxes. Uh, and so what, what's happened is that we, 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 we need to be as a business saying, we're going to move to digital. We're going to see it as a strategy. And this is the way that we're going to go forward. Why do you think there is so much resistance to it? Um, well, I think there's always a resistance to change, isn't it? And, um, there's a lot of people that we talk to who, have started commercial life in a similar sort of um, area that I did. Therefore, what we can do is say, well, we'll just make more telephone calls. And of course, we've got to the point since I've run, um, since I started DLA Ignite of the last six years, you know, the, the cold calling number of calls you needed to make went from 20 to 40 to 60 to 100. And now, you know, people say, you know, you need to have an auto dialer and a, um, and, and, and software to be making a thousand calls to get the, get the response that you want. Because, you know, technology is caught up. You know, I don't take cold calls. You know, just, the phone just rings, you know, you've got, and I just block the number and everybody else does. You know, when I get emails, all I do is create rules and it just goes straight to bin. I sometimes look at the bin and salespeople go, let's focus. I've sent you three emails, but it goes in the bin. You know, do, do you not understand how email works nowadays? You know, it's just, it, it's, you, you said, it, it's noise, therefore I create rules and that's what everybody can do. And, and, you know, legislation, GDPR, technology, all of these things just stop all those things working. But where are we? We're all on, but, but our buyers are on social media. So why aren't we there? Why aren't we able to, why aren't we going on there and having conversations with those people? Because your competition are. Mm. Tim, I want to ask you one final question. Yeah. And it's a great one, I feel like, because you're a bona fide author. Um, what is one book that you'd recommend to sales leaders, to revenue leaders? I'm an avid reader. I read a lot. And there's actually lots of books that I would recommend. I could I could do a whole show <laughs> with a whole stack of 
books of things and you need to read this for this reason and you need to read this. Um, there's a number of books I have behind me which I uh, are there that I can reach for. And, and this is one of the ones that I've read recently, which is The First 90 Days. It's a very, very popular book. Um, and the reason why I recommend it, especially for sales leaders, is that it's it's basically a book about what you need to do in the first 90 days of getting a new job. So it could be you've got promoted within an organization. It could be that you um, have got a new job and, and you've got you're, you're starting. And, and it's the spreadsheets and there's uh, diagrams and there's, um, you know, because because we've all started new jobs and we've all probably walked in and put our foot in it or something like that. And it's just one of those things where you, you, you get you buy the book and then you go, right, I've got a new job. I'll sit down and read it. And it's a it's a it's a it's a great book for um, if you're starting a new job um, and or starting a new position. Excellent recommendation and very timely, I think, with particularly with the number of layoffs going on right now and people picking up new Absolutely. jobs in January. Excellent recommendation. I see that LinkedIn seems to be full of people saying, "I've got a new job." Yeah, yeah, yeah particularly the first first day of January. I I really noticed that. Tim, it's been wonderful to meet you. Uh, wonderful to, oh, to chat and go into things a bit more. For those listening at home, if they want to check you out, obviously follow your LinkedIn, see all the good advice that you're putting out there on social selling. Where can they find you? The best place to get me is on LinkedIn. Um, I'm Timothy or Tim Hughes uh, on LinkedIn. I'm Timothy underscore Hughes on Twitter. Our website is dlaignite.com. Um, and my book, um, Social Selling Techniques to Influence Buyers and Changemakers, second edition, the one with the yellow cover, um, is um, available on Amazon um, worldwide. Perfect. We'll put all those links down below and make it really easy for thank everyone you. to find. Tim, once again, thank you so much. And to those You're of welcome. you that have listened, listened to this episode, thank you as well. We'll catch you next week. Thanks very much. Thanks, Lee. Thanks for listening to Revenue Insights. If you want to learn more, subscribe to our newsletter and we'll deliver every episode straight to your inbox. If you have any questions, feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn. Our links will be in the episode notes. See you next week.